Well, let me start by saying in October of 2020, the word of God came to me and I gave a prophetic utterance of what we should expect in 2021. Now, some of the things that Holy Spirit spoke to me was that 2021 would be a year where we should become more conversant with Holy Spirit. It's going to be a year of divine guidance and instruction from Holy Spirit and how we should become more acquainted with him. Now, the reason being because he said it would be a year again of divine guidance and instruction and that we would not be able to be led by the wisdom of men concerning certain matters. Uh, statistics would be of no value concerning certain things. So, and having said that, we have to get to that place, beloved, where we are not just hearing what God said, but taking heed to his prophetic utterances. You can look throughout the nations of the earth, and you can tell that many people have begun to waver away from the faith. Now, on the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about unshakable confidence in God, possessing unshakable confidence, unsinkable, unwavering confidence in God. Now, and I would say this, and I say it emphatically, it is possible, beloved, for a believer to possess unsinkable, unwavering, unshakable confidence in God. And we want to get to that place where we are so in agreement with God that everything that we are believing him for based upon his word, he will manifest. That is his promise. That is his word. So I want to encourage you, beloved, to become more acquainted with Holy Spirit. Now, why is this important? Then too, let me say this, 2 Timothy 3.12 encourages us that, yes, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. There will be things that will try to contend for your faith. So we must remember that the mere fact that you are a believer, that you are a lover of Jesus, there are things, there are people, there are things that will try to oppose you or get you out of agreement with God or try to shake your faith or your agreement with God. So it's vitally important that there's time spent in his presence every day. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing, I'm jumping ahead of myself, by the spoken word of God. So you may ask the question, why is it so important that the believer or why is having unshakable confidence indispensable for the believer? So you may ask the question, why is having unshakable confidence indispensable for the believer? First and primarily, the word of God lets us know that the just, the righteous, those who are born from above shall live by faith. And we know those who have been following us, those who are partners and children of the vision, you know that by now that faith for the new creation in Christ is having faith or living from the faith of Jesus, living from that which he finished. But the just shall live by faith or his faith, talking about from or the faith of Jesus. Then the word of God lets us know in Matthew that Matthew chapter 4, 
that man should not live, listen to this, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So understand this, life is found within living in agreement with God's word. I'll say it again, life is found within living in agreement with God's word or God and his word because he and his word are one. So life is found. By living in agreement with God's word. And I said it earlier. You can look around you and there are people who are straying away from the faith. And if you are a student of biblical prophecy, uh, we can, and a discerner of times and seasons, as the Bible declares, we're closer to the return of Jesus than when we first believed. So this is not the time to waver, beloved, in your faith. 1 Timothy 4, 1, the word of God declares this from the ERV version. The spirit clearly says that in the last times, some will turn away from what they believe. I've seen this. I've seen believers who you would think would never waver from the faith have wavered or waned in what they believe. That's why it's so vitally important that you guard your heart, that you are a good steward over what comes into your spirit. And even some Christians, as Paul said, is not good company. So we have to be careful about our surroundings. They will obey seducing spirits that will tell lies and they will follow teachings of demons. Notice he says they will obey seducing spirits that tell lies. Well, how do I know it's a seducing spirit? He tells us right here, it's a spirit that will tell lies. And they will follow doctrines or teachings, literally, of demons. Now, how are the doctrines of demons promulgated? They're promulgated or delivered through humans, <laughs> through individuals who have deceptive agendas, people who are being nefarious in their agendas. Uh, uh, they're promulgated through instructors. Even some pastors have the wrong agenda. So we have to, and see, you won't know someone's line except you are a student of this word. If you are not conversant and acquainted with Holy Spirit, how will you know? How will you be able to discern if you're not in tune or in agreement with him? Now, the word of God says this. Now, be careful Listen to what the scripture says. In latter times, people would turn away from what they believe. And that is happening, beloved. People are turning away from what they believe. But again, it is very possible for you to have an unsinkable confidence in God. And I want to admonish you, be, do what the word of God says, or understand what the word of God says. The Bible tells us, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Now, again, we're talking about having an unsinkable confidence in God. Living in such an agreement with God that nothing causes you to waver. That word faith is the Greek word. And I just want to give you just a little definition of that word because it bears repeating. And it's vitally important. Why? Because this is how we live. The word pistis. 
or faith is the Greek word pistis. And it literally means it's always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. We're talking about Bible faith. It's something that can be that can never be produced by people. It's produced by God. It is God's divine persuasion. Therefore, it is distinct from human belief or confidence, yet involved it. Notice the definition says that faith or pistis is God's divine persuasion. And it's distinct from human confidence, yet involved it. What do you mean? Yet it distinct, but yet involved it. Well, when you hear the word, persuasion is coming. When you speak the word, persuasion is coming. And what you do, you take what you hear and what you say and you are giving it back to God. Whatever God says, your, your declaration is, Father, you said this, so therefore I come into agreement. I believe what you said, and since you said it, it shall be so. So it's adding what you believe based upon the word, and you bring that into agreement with the Father. So it is it's coming into agreement with his divine persuasion, not my faith per se, as I'm producing it, no, what helps me produce it is me bringing my beliefs or my confidence into agreement with what God said. It's almost like you go to a physician and have to have a tooth extracted. Well, he's going to explain to you the procedure and the process. Well, through that explanation, watch this now, it when he explains it, a couple things happen. He's building your confidence through explaining what's going to take place. So, as a result, you what? You concede to it. It's not you or it's not your faith that's doing the extraction. It's you bringing your confidence into agreement with what the physician said. And that's what consummates it. So it's the same thing. It's bringing what God has said. It's coming into agreement with what God has explained. What God has declared in his word. It, 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 your faith didn't produce it. No. You just believe what God said. Are you with me? So uh, it, that word pistis, it also means God's warranty. In scripture, faith is God's warranty. Certifying that the revelation he in birth will come to pass. So here, here it is again, guys. It's God's warranty. It's God standing on it's God confirming his word. It's God holding himself to his word. It's always received from God and never generated by us. That's the definition or portion of the definition. That Greek word again, that word faith is the Greek word pistis. It's, a, it's received from God and never generated by us. God has dealt each man the measure of faith. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. No one can come to the Father uh, except he draws them. The life that we now live, we die for our life. And the life 
that we now live. We live by faith in from the Son of God. So we're living by the faith of Jesus and it's living in agreement with what he has satisfied. And I encourage you to be students of the word. Satan is after your agreement with God. That's all Satan wants. Satan doesn't care about your material possessions, doesn't care about you, doesn't care about your money. Satan is after your agreement. So if he can get you out of agreement, get you to not believe God, that he knows that, listen, without faith, it is impossible to be in agreement with God. And he has no pleasure in those who draws back. So Satan is after your agreement, beloved. Now, if he is after your agreement, don't you know that his number one mode of operation is to affect what you hear? Because if he can get you to listen to the news more than you are hearing from God, if he can get you to listen to more uh, 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 of negative conversations from whomever, he knows that he can get you out of agreement. So you have to be in a posture whereby faith is steadily coming. Now, not to, James says this, when you just hear only you deceive yourselves, but we must be doers of the word. So the more you hear that word and you are being fully persuaded, you have to say back to God what he has said about you, your situations, and your circumstance. So you have to say something. And I submit to you, the more you, you say, the more you hear, the more you say, your, your actions will begin to line up with the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word or rhema or the spoken word of God. So faith comes by hearing or this unshakable confidence comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. So it's the spoken word that consummates the agreement <laughs> or brings that thing to a state of perfection or fulfillment. Jesus is the author and finisher. He is the author and finisher. So he is the author of the divine persuasion and finishes. What, what do you mean finishes? When you speak back to him, what he has said about you, it consummates the agreement. <laughs> or brings that thing to a state of perfection or fulfillment. Now, some things that are vitally important to you possessing unshakable confidence or unsinkable, unwavering confidence is understanding immutable truths. So there are some immutable truths that are pertinent, pertinent or, or perpetual or permanent or unchangeable relative to God's word. So what, what are you saying, preacher? You have to believe the truths of God's word. So there are some things 
that are perpetual, unchangeable relative to his word. And that's essential to your faith. Are you having, are you being strengthened in faith or strong in faith? So when the word of God talks about Abraham was strong in faith, it literally means he was strengthened in faith. Let's look at that. So there are some immutable truths that are essential, that are essential to you being strengthened in faith. So let's look at those. Um, Romans chapter 4. And of course we know, if you've been following, you know the teachings by now. We know that Abraham was justified by faith, by believing God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. By, not by what he did, but how he believed. And what we're about to see here is that Abraham never doubted God or never doubted that God would fulfill his purpose. And like many of us, Abraham's life was marked by mistakes, sins, and failures, but he consistently trusted God. What do you mean? What are you saying, preacher? In spite of your shortcomings, in spite of your failures, don't waver in your faith in God because what you receive from God is not based upon your actions but how you believe. Romans 4 19 through verse 21. Abraham was almost a hundred years old so he was past the age for having children also. Sarah could not have children. Abraham was well aware of this but his faith in God never became weak. Let me read it again. Abraham was almost a hundred years old, so he was past the age for having children. Also, Sarah could not have children. Abraham was aware of this, but his faith in God never became weak. Just something that I would take note of. Never let what your eyes see dictate what God has said. No matter how long it no matter how long it takes, never allow what your eyes see dictate to you what God has said. Never allow natural circumstances, no matter how dire they may seem, override what God has said. You may be past the whatever year in the natural, but what did God say? See, you have to have an unshakable confidence because you can look at what you see, and, it, and, and if you're not in agreement with God, it will shake your faith or shipwreck, shipwreck your faith every time. Verse 20, he never doubted God would do what he promised. Notice what the scripture says. Abraham never doubted God would do. And see, that's another thing. Just because you are in agreement today doesn't necessarily mean that you will be in agreement tomorrow. You have to, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. You have to do this every day. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So if, if, if life comes through living in agreement, then it's vitally important that I hear this, say this on a daily basis. Verse 21, Abraham felt sure, or he was fully convinced 
that God was able to do what he promised. Never let what your eyes see, what your circumstances say, dictate to you what God has said. So the first immutable truth we must understand is God is faithful. So these are truths that will hold fast through the test of times. These are truths that are permanent, perpetual. They cannot be denied. God is faithful. I'll write that down. God is faithful. Notice Abraham, the scripture said he, he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. God is faithful. Hebrews 10, 23. You guys know the context behind this verse by now. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful, that promise. So here it is right here again. So the first immutable truth, immutable truth is that God is faithful. I would write that down if I were you. God is faithful. Come on, say that. God is faithful. Notice he says, the writer says, hold fast. That literally means I take possession of. It means to take possession of God's word. Lay hold of it. So you have to take possession of God's word and lay hold of it. And listen, and don't waver from it. Notice, Abraham did not waver. The scripture tells us that. So you have to lay, you have to take possession. You have to take it personally. And, and, and we have to get out of that. And it tickles me sometimes when it comes to, you, you know, how man can so easily believe what man has said. Things that have not been proven. What this one has said. But when it comes to laying hold or taking possession of what God has promised, uh, that's not true for everybody. Then God would be partial. He is not partial in his dealing with his children. Some are just partial in how they believe. And I submit to you, if you're not a, someone who is constantly a, being a good God of your heart, and even according to statistics, if you will, most people, the majority of people's first mind is negative. That's why if someone gets a negative report, you know, when you're not strong or strengthened in the faith, you will believe what man has said. And it's always, even and I see believers do it, they always focus on the one who died. What about those who are still living? It's always what happened, the, the negative that happened to such and such. Yeah, but what about the good that happened to this one? And, and we'll say things like, well, he or she was a believer. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know. Listen, beloved, just because you are a child of God does not mean that you are living in agreement with God. You can have hands lifted in worship. Be laid prostrate at the altar. But that doesn't mean that you are living in agreement with God. 
not only is 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 Sunday morning what one of the what they call uh, one of the most segregated hours, mornings or however you want to say it, of the day, but also hypocrisy is one of the most segregated hours on Sunday. What do you mean? Well, we, we act like we are in agreement, but no sooner than we leave, we live out of, out of, out of agreement. We're, we're contradicting what we just spoke 10 minutes ago. Notice, again, he says, Leho, let us hold fast, take possession of what God has spoken without wavering. Take possession of his inward persuasion without wavering. That word profession, again, is the Greek word homologia. It means the same or together. To say the same or in unison with. To be in harmony. To speak to a conclusion. To lay to rest. It's a conclusion embraced by a common confession or professional affirmation. Again, it's saying the same thing. See, again... It's his faith. It's just the individual coming into agreement with God's in-birth persuasion. Homologia can refer to the collective agreement of Christians about what God loves and hates and having the courage or the conviction to proclaim it. So again, when you live in agreement with God, and I can't say it enough, and what blesses me when I see individuals posting this on their pages, uh, a lot of our partners throughout various regions, and I see them post this. When you live in agreement, you're going to love what God loves and hate what he hates. So it's living in agreement. Now, that word profession also means to say the same thing about. Are you saying the same thing about your situation, your finances, your circumstances, your health, your life that God has said? And I submit to you, if it's not working for you, it's not God. We have to change the way that we believe. And a great majority of believers live outside of God's agreement. They're just, they're, and most have become nominal at best. They're just Christians in name only. But they're really not living in agreement. And here's the thing about this. When, 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 there is a lack of constant hearing and declaration, declaring of God's word. You will eventually get to the point where you actually don't believe it. And you call yourself a Christian, and you very way, and you may very well be a believer, but you have believers who really don't believe, so they accept whatever. But when you live in agreement, when you are fully persuaded, you're going to say the same thing about whatever that thing is as God is. As a matter of fact, ask, ask yourselves, have I been declaring about my life, about my marriage, about my relationship, about my finances, about my health, about what's going on around me? Have I been declaring what God has said about these things? Have I been saying, have I been speaking in harmony with God. And see, again, and when this happens, individuals, they play the victim. And they think those who live in agreement 
uh, are somewhat being braggadocious or trying to flaunt. No, you just have a remnant of believers or those whom have, who, who made the decision, I'm going to live in agreement with God. And see, and look how the mind is always negative. Why are you expecting bad to happen? Why are you looking for the negative to happen? If, he, if Jesus came to you, you may have life and have it more abundantly. That should be your expectation. As I stated earlier, and I always have to say this, listen, just because you are, things would try to come and oppose you. We, the mere fact that you decided to live a godly life in Christ, the Bible says you will suffer persecution. What do you mean? There would be things that will come against you or try to shipwreck your faith. But that your focus shouldn't be on think bad things happening. Your focus should be on being and living and staying in agreement with God's word. Number two, the next immutable truth. God cannot lie. So number one, we know that God is faithful. That's a truth that's permanent. That's a permanent truth. God cannot lie. That's a permanent truth. I would write that down if I were you. God or number one, I'm sorry, number one is God is faithful. That's number one. God is faithful. Write that down. That is a permanent truth, an unchangeable truth. God is faithful. Next immutable, immutable truth is God cannot lie. I would write that down. That's a truth that's unchangeable. God Cannot lie. I want to use this verse, even though it's a standalone verse, I'm going to use it as a standalone. And I can use it as a standalone because it's an immutable truth. So without doing any deep critical analysis of the text and trying to fit it within the scope of what was going on, this is a standalone truths or standalone truths. There, there are truths that, that are universal. Number two, God cannot lie. At King Balak's request, Balaam traveled about 400 miles or so to curse Israel. But to the king's dismay, the Lord had put a word in Balaam's mouth to bless Israel and not curse. And, and let me read this verse. It's Numbers 23, 19. And, and just to add a note there. You've been blessed, beloved. <laughs> and nobody can curse you. And stop professing generational curses. Generational curses. Listen to what I'm saying. Generational curses. There's no scripture that says generational curses. Look it up. Now, there are generational habits and tendencies that have been passed down, but the word generational curse, you, you know, we, we adopt things and, and we hold them as scripture, but there's no scripture that says generational curse. There are habits and tendencies that are passed down, but you're not cursed. As a matter of fact, any kind of curse that could 
attach itself to your bloodline or to you. Once you become a believer, believer, Jesus took the curse for you. So you're not cursed. Numbers 23, 19. L listen, again, let God be true and every man a liar. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. He would not lie. God is not a human being. His decisions will not change. If he says he would do something, then he will do it. If he makes a promise, then he will do what he promised. Oh, my goodness. Do you see that? If he makes a... See, you, you have to receive that as a permanent truth. That God cannot lie. Well, I've been dealing with this thing... For, for, for so long, God cannot lie. You hold fast. That's why you have to hold fast to your profession, to your agreement. Don't waver in your agreement. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. And this is so hard for believe, some believers to believe, and I know why. It's because they, there, there is a lack of of inundation of God's word. There is a lack of spending time with God in his word. So again, just because you are a believer, it doesn't mean that you are living in agreement with God. If he makes a promise, he would do what he promised. Number three, and the last immutable truth, that you should lay hold of is this. All of God's promises are answered. Ooh. All of God's promises are answered. Hallelujah. All of God's promises are answered. The first permanent truth, God is faithful. The second immutable truth we need to understand in, in order to be strengthened in our faith. Again, these are immutable truths that are essential to us being strengthened in our faith. Number two, God cannot lie. And number three, and I'm sure there are more, but I'm giving you three today. And probably the most vital three. Number three, all of God's promises are answered. Second Corinthians 1 Verse 20, Amplified Version. For as many as are the promises of God in Christ. <laughs> See, again, are you in agreement with what Christ has already satisfied? For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered. They are all answered. Do you see this? Better yet, do you believe this? They are all answered. Yes, so through him we say amen to the glory of God. Amen as we say it, but amen literally means so be it. Let it be done to me. So when someone says 
I mean at the end of a prayer, what they're literally saying, or whether they know it or not, what they're literally saying is, so be it unto me, so let it be as you have spoken. So make sure before you I mean or amen on something, make sure it's something that God has said. Whether you are at a homegoing service or in a worship service under a teacher, before you say amen, before you say, so let it be unto me, you need to know for sure, beloved, that this is what God desires for my life. So you don't want to amen on someone who declared, well, you have to die of something. Everybody may not experience well. Everybody help this not going to be there. You, see, see, don't so let it be unto me on that. That's a nugget. Boy, I wish I had more time. For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered. They are all answered. Yes, so through him we say amen to the glory of the Father. So let it be as you have spoken. So we, we again, if you find it in the word, God has to make good on it. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. See, the, it's, it's the confidence in him that if I ask anything <laughs> according to his will, well, what is his will? How can I discover God's will? You discover his will by getting in his word. His word is his will. And if I ask anything according to his will, his word, he hears me. <laughs> Again, when I speak in agreement with his word, he hears me. And since I know he hears me, I should have the petition that I've asked. And it, it, it again, I'm amazed at the people, believers, who don't believe this. All because they're looking and meditating on the wrong individuals. Follow those throughout their faith and patience inherit the promise. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? What are you watching? Because whatever gets in you the most is what you're going to declare the most. And if, and if you know like I know, you have Individuals who call themselves, who, who are Christians, based upon their confession as, you know, but you've you, you heard them speak in opposition to the word. So that's proof in and of itself that every believer does not live in agreement with the word of God. Surround yourself, beloved, around individuals who speak in agreement with God. Who encourage you, who uplift you. Again, not those who have seducing spirits who are leading you away from what you, who, who have actually caused you to turn away from what you believe. Again, a seducing spirit. So they're going to be seductive in their assault. So they're not going to come at you in a fashion where you are looking for them to deceive you. 
as a word for somebody. So three immutable truths that are essential to you being strengthened in your faith. Number one, God is faithful. Number two, God cannot lie. Number three, all of God's promises are answered. And I leave you with Philippians 4, 8, 9. And see, what are you focusing on, beloved? Finally, believers. Finally, believers. Whatever is true, I want to ask you, are you meditating on what is true? Or is it gossip? Or is it lies? Whatever is honorable. Are you meditating on what's honorable and worthy of respect? Are you dwelling on things that are worthy of respect? Whatever is right. Are you thinking about what is right? Did God say that? Watch this. And confirmed by God's word. Is that Was it confirmed by God's word? Listen to this. Let me read that again. Family believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Don't say it if it's not confirmed by God's word. Are you saying I shouldn't listen to what the, 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 my physician said? Absolutely not. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I hear you but I'm going to come, but but I'm going to say what God said about this situation and circumstance. Are you saying I shouldn't consider what I'm? No, I'm saying uh, you should say about your finances what God has confirmed in His Word. Whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and good of repute. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, listen to this. Think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. So, again, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you have to implant this in your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard, listen to the apostle, and seen in me, practice, those of you who are children of the vision, the things that you have seen me and Pastor T declare, practice these things. Are you here? The things which you have learned, things that you have learned, it, you, uh, I, oh, oh, nothing blesses me more than to hear those who are part of the vision speak the things that they have learned and begin to see heaven's blessings manifested in their lives. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with well, beloved, I certainly trust 
that something was said on today that would turn the tide in how you believe. There are immutable truths, beloved, that are essential to you possessing unsinkable, unwavering, unshakable confidence in God. And they are understanding that God is faithful. It's understanding that God cannot lie. And it's coming to the realization that all of God's promises are fulfilled. Listen.